right, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Green Teamers Pod. As always, I'm Yagev. Got my co-host Matt here. And very, very special guest today. Been mentioned many times on the podcast. We had to bring him in. Uh, the one and only Brian Rooney. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here with you guys. I've enjoyed listening to the pod. Great to be on with you. Awesome. Happy to have you, Bri. Nice. Thanks, Bri. Um, my dad, if, if you guys couldn't put that together. <laughs> <laughs> so to start, so we are at the end of the All-Star break right now. Tatum just, just won MVP, so a nice, nice end to the uh, first half of the year. So Right now, as you guys all know, the Celtics kind of kind of been killing it, um, sitting at the top of the standings. Although the Bucks are kind of kind of getting close, but it's it's been as good as as we could have hoped for so far. Um, so I guess you, Kevin Bry, I got I got some questions for you on on just the first half of the year and how it went. So we get to dive into that. Let's do it. Awesome. So, uh, Bry, we'll start with you. So. As of now, I guess in so what what has sort of led you to believe the uh the Celtics will be there at the end of the year? Like do you think they make the finals and what from the first half of the year has made you think that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that I am confident, right? Coming out of the coming out of the shoot so strong, uh, after the the whole debacle with Emmy and then getting off to that strong start. Then I definitely got nervous in that middle part when they started to kind of play pretty flat, not a whole lot of energy. Um, but then I think they really picked it up recently. Um, I think some of the things that stand out to me, obviously, one, the biggest thing that's different from last year is just the depth. Uh, you know, we saw that this past week, you know, with some of the games, uh, you know, beating Memphis, uh, you know, you know, coming up so close to beating the box, uh, beating the Pistons with kind of a shadow lineup, you know, not, not many of our key guys in a lot of those games. So the depth is, is number one. Um, I think, I think number two, the piece I think that that's better is I think, you know, like a guy like Derek white is now completely comfortable in the mix. You know, a guy like Sam Hauser is completely in the mix. I think guys are just, you know, a lot more connected and especially on the offensive end, I think the offense is kind of flowing when we're shooting. Well, uh, nobody can, nobody can stop us. Um, so I think, you know, the offense, the fluidity of the offense and the depth are definitely things that stand out. that give me a lot of confidence. What about awesome. you? You get, <laughs> uh, yeah, you kind of hit on a lot of the things I was going to, going to say they were all like spot on. And, one thing I'm gonna kind of, I don't not to be a Debbie Downer a little bit, but one thing I do hope the Celtics work on and kind of increase in intensity for the second half is shifting the focus to their defense, which I think was a big reason why we were in the finals last year. Um, is just our ability to lock in when we wanted to, and we still. I I'm not saying we're not playing good defense, especially the fifth. past like yeah exactly past month and a half we've really ramped it up, um, top of the league now, and we see we see very there's key moments where we're very capable of locking and shutting down teams. I think we saw that against the bucks and that was with, without Tatum or Brown or without many of our other starters. And we were able to just completely shut down teams, shut down their offense and really get a lot of steals and easy points in transition, which is why I think our defense is incredibly important. Um, but I want to see more consistency on the defensive end. I think we have um like lapses in 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 men, like in our mentality where we're kind of too focused on scoring or don't care enough about the opponent, especially when we're playing middle of the road teams. So I think that's uh probably one of like the only areas where they need to really improve on for the second half of the season, but yet a very important one. I think if we do want you to make do it you think um like Rob Smart Brown Horford like those guys cycling in and out and being injured is is sort of hurting the defense because players like. Hauser, Griffin, who, who are good, they're playing hard, but they're obviously not Definitely. at the level defensively or offensively, obviously, as those guys. Like, do you think that's maybe yeah, that's, impacting that's him? Definitely, definitely a fair point. Um, especially with Smart. I mean, he's like our anchor on defense and he's been out for so long. And he looked amazing on on Wednesday against the Pistons. He had like six steals, completely locked in. And so he, you can just see like he has a huge impact on the defensive end. So for sure, I think having him back will be huge. 
I mean, Rob's already up somehow. I don't know how, but third on the defensive player of the year ladder from the NBA, like, which is incredible for someone who's also missed so many games. Um, So definitely those two guys are vital to our defense. And I think hopefully having them around more consistently um, will definitely for sure have a huge, huge impact. Yeah, so something weird on Rob real quick was against the uh, mm. the Bucks when everyone was out. He only played like 10 minutes, and then he didn't play against the Pistons, which was after that. Yeah. What like do you, did you hear anything about why that was, or do we think he like wasn't good enough to play against the Bucks, but we were just hurting so much for bodies they yeah. made him active and tried to steal some minutes. That was probably what it was. Uh, like I no, saw no injury. Mazula got grilled about it after the game. And he gave like very. Oh, I saw answer. this. He was like, no, no reason. No, no, no reason. No, like just didn't play something like that. Brad, did you hear anything? I, I thought for the Pistons game, wasn't he out because of uh, ankle soreness or something? So I think if it's, something uh, like you know, but again, who knows what the, whether, <laughs> whether if, the injury report is really what's what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, especially fine. when it's soreness. I think you get makes a good point, though, uh, you know, or, or you guys make a good point about the defense. I think if you think of that stretch last year where they were just unbelievable, it was the exact same team. We like dodged any injuries all the way up until Rob got hurt. So they were just so connected during that time. Um, but I will say like it, that get, last year, that gave me so much confidence. The way they played defense, I felt like we were in every game. It didn't even matter shooting right. or anything. So I agree with you, Gav. We got to get back up to that level of defense so that if we have a, a weaker shooting night, we can still find a way to pull it out. Exactly. So Very well. Said. I got a, qu- a question for you guys kind of on that. So do you think by the end of the year, like let's say the Warriors series, I, this is my view on it. I actually felt like our, I know we had some dumb like drop coverage stuff on Steph, but I thought overall we played solid D there. And what really killed us was turnovers in offense. So I, I agree that we got to figure our defense out, but do you guys think that like offense is actually in having a total explosive offense is what truly raises your ceiling and keeps you in every game. If you're hitting those threes, because sometimes like in the finals, I still felt like we were playing good enough defense and we just could not score in the half court. It's a fair point. I think, you, I mean, you can see it with golden state, their offense is just incredibly explosive with Steph and clay and just everyone who can, like those those deep threes are just so demoralizing. It's like three points, but it also has like a huge impact, I feel like, on the other team mentally. So definitely, I think, especially in today's NBA, when you see like how how NBA teams are built, especially ones that are like the best in the league, it's all like it's all focused around offense and firepower and having multiple people who can score the ball. So I think for sure that might be the difference maker. But knowing that this team is also capable of playing like number one in the league level defense. If we can couple that with an explosive offense, which we've clearly been able to develop this year, which is a big difference from last year, then then we're truly unstoppable. Yeah. You are right about that though. The offense last year got bogged down in the Miami losses. Anytime we lost to Miami, it was totally ugly. And then the Golden (laughs) State games, they were pretty ugly. Yeah. And I think, I think we've, I think, we've definitely improved in, in the offensive end. And I think, I mean, one guy, I, you know, who's, I don't know if he's my MVP of the first half, but certainly a player that is a huge difference maker right now is Derek white. I just think he, you know, in that bucks game, he could create, he, he, he had to be the creator, right. He had to be the one to kind of get everything flowing. Um, So I think having a guy like him, and I just, I, you know, something I, I, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts about is a starting lineup as we sort of fully get healthy, because I just think he does so much on both ends of the court um, that he's somebody that you got to have out there. I feel I'd start like. him. Um, I, that's that's where I'm at. I just Bring think Horford off the bench? Good, I don't think it could be Horford. At, Rob, yeah, right? So, so it's Rob, but it's it's... But then you mix and match, you know, however, yeah. you know, the opponent is. But I think you need Horford for the physical, you know, bulk yeah. body, you know, to put on big guys. But um, but I would agree, like having and I think Tatum, too, has taken a huge leap in his ability to make plays sure. for others. I think that from last year to this year has just been a huge, Amazing. huge step that he's taken. For sure. Yeah. Going going back to that, uh, what do you do with the starting lineup when we're all healthy? I think that is super tough because. 
I would probably say White and Rob are probably the two players that it seems like Tatum likes playing with the most. They're the two players that like seem to make it super easy on Tatum and Brown because White is such a ball mover. He like yeah. he either sort of makes his move, he shoots, or he passes it immediately. Like he doesn't he sit cuts and dribble also and just so kill well stuff. to the basket. Great cutter, exactly. And then Rob the really well. Rob is sort of the same. He's like he loves whipping passes. He's such a lob threat. He's saves a lot on defense. But like you have to start Horford and Smart, I think, at this point. And then so you like, also have to start Tatum and Brown. So it's it's tough. Yeah. Probably matchup based is what it I would is say. Matchup based. Exactly. Think, like against yeah. the Bucks, I don't think I think you have to start Horford and Rob just because yeah, like you, you have big. Lopez and Giannis, and it's just a massive team. But then like whoever you play in the first round, whether it be like the Knicks or the Raptors or something like that, you could easily slide in Derek White into the starting lineup there. Yeah. Um probably yeah. against in the, the East State, you would definitely start Derek White, I think. Um, Miami, probably against Miami. Honestly, like the maybe the only two teams I would start the two bigs, like Horford and Rob. Cleveland, I would. They're huge. Cleveland. Oh, so maybe three. You don't want Bucks, Cleveland, or maybe the Sixers. I I feel like, but maybe you don't need to because only Embiid's big. So I don't know. Who starts? Who starts at the four for Philly? That's what I was gonna say. I didn't remember. Is it Tobias or is it? Yeah, they go small. Oh, so I would. So I would. Yeah, you go go small. Yeah, I'll go small. Yeah. Start right there. That's interesting. Um. All right. So, couple, couple more first half things. Just want to go through some, some quick sort of awards, but not your typical like MVP. Um. So, first one, I want you each give me a name. Who, uh, who's sort of who was the biggest surprise the first half of the year? Brian, go first. Who wants first, Brian? Put put you on the spot, Brian. Again, I just I just hyped him. I, I gotta hype him again. Uh, you know, Derek White, like I, I didn't know he was this good. Um, you know, so one thing I I would say about White too, I go back just quickly on the starting lineup. He's a much different player when he starts than when he comes in off the bench. So I I just think that's something to think about. He, you know, the offense feel, you know, he, he, he just gets his shots up. He, he feels, he looks a lot more confident. I guess the other ones probably has got to be Hauser on some level. I don't think any of us had him, you know, I was going to say make much of an impact. Oh, I stole you guys. Unfair. I, I've taken two. Yeah. So I still I'm stealing your guess. <laughs> you, can, you need someone else. Just, it's okay, bro. You're a guest. So I'll let you have it. He came right, right. He just came out of the, you know, out of the preseason, like flying and just the shots. I was like, this is like JJ Reddick, you know? I yeah, mean, this is, this is so invaluable. He was hitting them all over the place. And I think, you know, obviously he had that mid season, you know, drop off, but I think the recently getting to start and, kind of get his shots up and get his confidence back up. I feel like, you know, huge. that's, that's just a huge weapon. You know, it's just uh, to have somebody who will knock down and, and force defenses to worry about. It's huge. So I'd say those two guys are the big surprises for me. For my surprise, I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to say I was surprised by how poorly Grant has played as of late on defense. He's been great against like the big teams, but I feel like I, he started the season strong and then it was like a very, like vivid like very obvious drop off i think he forces it a little bit too much and i think from his strong start he gained a lot of confidence which is great but at the at this point i feel like it's a little bit too much confidence you'll see him like pass up like kind of easy threes which is the shot he should be taking to like drive to the basket and then he'll like miss a layup or turn it over and it's just i don't love the way his the way he plays has shifted a little bit. I think he needs to stick to his role a little bit more. Um, so for my surprise, I would say it's like more of the negative, but I think Grant needs to learn his spot on the team again. But it's also hard because there's been so many injuries as of late. So he has had to play kind of a different role, but he's just not good at it. So now I think once everyone gets healthy, I think he needs to kind of go back to his corner, hit the threes, set some good screens, play good defense, and then – be the typical three and D guy. Yeah, I I guess I'll I'll give mine. I've I don't know if this is like a crazy surprise and kind of a boring answer, but but I thought Blake Griffin is, has been better than I thought. He I For I sure. had no idea he was this good of like a, a locker room chemistry hustle guy, and he seems to be like checking all of those boxes. So that was pretty 
pretty good to see. I'm I'm happy they obviously kept him um at the deadline because he could have been used in some some type of salary match, yeah. him and Gallinari's salary. So good good to see him still here. And he, he is somehow hitting threes lately. Yeah. So if he keeps doing that, he it's totally fine. Like spot starting for Horford or Rob when they're out. Right. So something I'd like cool. to add to the Blake thing. Yeah. You were talking about yeah, a yeah, locker yeah. room chemistry guy. I think it's kind of funny that his like group the first bus boys or whatever they call themselves is like, it's kind of like the more scrub players. Like that's his like crew, Bench boys. like his best friends, like Pritchard, I know Pritchard Hauser, Hauser. like that's like their group. And you would think like Blake's like, like more of, like a big this. name. He's star. like, exactly. And I think that goes to show a lot about like his like personality and kind of like how he has no ego. And he's just like very, just friendly, good guy and a great person to have on a team. So I thought that was kind of something that stood out to me. It's a pretty good one. Um, all right, and then I guess one one more sort of the opposite. Obviously, biggest disappointment from the uh, the first half of the year. So I I know it kind of ties into surprise. Like you gave you kind of answered Grant, but um, sort of what what what's gone worse than expected? It can be a player. It can be sort of a, a theme it doesn't necessarily have to be a player just biggest disappointment you've seen um yeah. dad you want to take this one first yeah i i don't know if he's been a disappointment but i've definitely noticed some aging in in al um he he just doesn't look like he has the same kind of um athleticism he had a year ago um i'm kind of worried about him down like anytime he gets the ball down in the post he's like scared to death. Uh, you know, he, he can't dunk, uh, any shot he takes down low. It's like, it, it rarely goes in. I'd, I'd love to see his, his shooting percentage, you know, his three has been good. Three three has been good, you know, and he's hit some really important threes at different points, but I just, I just kind of feel like I'm a little worried that, that Al's kind of, you know, the, the, the miles on the tires is, is starting to show this year. I think last year was an anomaly. And I think this year he's kind of looked a little bit worn down. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, That's a good one for sure. I've noticed that too. I think he looked, he's like a completely different player when he's coming off like his, like, like the game rest days, a rest day or like a low after he like rested because of load management or something like that first game back, he's always like way more energetic usually plays better i feel like that would be a cool cool thing to look at for like just his stats um but yeah definitely that's a good point for me i would say um again it's not like i guess it's not like i'm disappointed it's just something i feel like you need to learn from um is last year um we saw what happened to tatum in the playoffs like we saw him get completely worn out fatigued and had no no gas left for the finals. And that's because he played so much in the second half. We had to kind of make our way back from being like 500 to, to be able to make the playoffs and get like a high seed. And now we're, we're like number one in the league where this monster of a team, yet he still plays like high thirties, low forties minutes, almost on a regular basis. I think he averages like around 37, 38 minutes per game. And this is even against like bad teams. Like, the Pistons, like the Magic, like these awful teams that he shouldn't have to play this many minutes in. Even if it means losing a few more, I feel like it's worth it. And I guess it kind of falls on Missoula. And I know we've talked about this on other episodes. It's not entirely Missoula because it's also Tatum. They've been like very like clear about him, like not agreeing to sit games. But at the same time, if he doesn't sit, you still don't have to put him in the game, for example. Keep his minute count low. Um, so I feel like that's kind of a disappointment. And if this continues on to the second half of the season, I'd be very worried about his, how well he's going to perform in the playoffs. So hopefully I heard this on 98.5 and I know this is complete BS and I don't know why I listen to these dudes, but Maz was (laughs) saying something ridiculous that he had a, like maybe had like a deal with Missoula that if he let, cause he played like 35 minutes in the all-star game, which is like a little too much, even though it's like low impact but he was like what if they had a deal between missoula and tatum that missoula will play him let him get his all-star mvp but in return he has to like agree to sit more games down the second half of the the stretch of the second half of the season which who knows like 
it's for something. Get your wish, you get. <laughs> yeah, <But> right. <laughs> ideally, that would be great if it was true. But uh, my confidence in that is is not. It's not. It's non-zero, but it's very, very, very close to absolutely no confidence. But we'll see. Who knows? So real yeah, quick, think, jump. Or you go. You go. I was just gonna say that um, with Tatum, I I think it's tricky to limit the minutes because within a game, you're you're sort of you're playing the game and you know, you're playing it to win. And I think, you know, yeah, things start to fall true. apart when he's out, but I do agree with you. I like him sitting games. I would prefer him yeah. to like sit an entire game because I think it, you see a big difference in how he, you know, that Detroit game was obviously a good example where he kind of came out super energized and, you know, finished with mm. whatever it was, that's 38 true. points or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. that's my thought is just sit him some games as opposed to limiting his minutes when yeah. he does play. And now that Jalen's healthy, I feel like you yeah. have even more, like you can be even more confident in resting him, and there's even less of a case for him not resting. So we'll see what other happens. guys step up too. Like if if Tatum is sitting the whole game, Derek White's like, all right, I'm True. more of a guy. I got to be more aggressive, and that changes their play style as well. So I I agree with the sit games rather than manage minutes. I know it's annoying. I, the sitting sitting stars is like is is a sensitive topic i don't know like what's yeah what's okay people are buying tickets to watch the best players play like yeah but here we are clamoring from (laughs) from missoula to to bench tatum so it's like it's tough but but it's it's the right thing especially because other teams are doing it so yeah very true Who's, who's your disappointment man my disappointment is I'll go with. See, I've had to go third both times, so I've I've had yeah. the tough, tough one. Um, we have stolen all your answers. <laughs> yeah, you guys are killing me. I'm gonna go Rob Williams. I think he was last year. I thought he was like playing at like almost a borderline All Star level with with the impact yeah. he's made. And this year, there are times on offense where he has looked like he doesn't know what to do. He he probably needs to develop some type of post game or mid range jump shot or something so he can be somewhat of a weapon on offense. Uh, beside besides just lobbing, like he 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 plays so hard every time. So I love that about him. He he um is such a threat for like when Tatum drives or someone drives just to flip it up and then he can he can dunk it. So that's obviously great and he's he's great on defense. He messes stuff up, but he just hasn't looked super comfortable especially on offense that's so i'll go rob obviously give him time let him get back into it i don't know if his knee or ankle or, or whatever if he's thinking about that if that's impacting him um but yeah i'll go rob that's fair that's and i one. think yeah that's a good one we always talk about like wanting to rest rob and make sure he's healthy for the playoffs and pl- like not we like he doesn't have to play a lot of regular Again, season games, rhythm though, right? exactly that's kind of like the issue with it is he he has no time to kind of acclimate and like find his rhythm and find his place. So it's like a very, it's like a tough spot to be in. I feel like for the coaches, but yeah, I, I think that's very solid answer for sure. Um, So yeah, while we're still on the midseason topic, before we move on to some more um special things, um, let's go over some NBA wide midseason, <laughs> midseason recap. Um, so right now, halfway through the season, what do you guys think for MVP, DPOI? Um, let's do most improved player. Uh, who do you guys think would win it right now? If, if the let me, can I add into this? Can Eight, we also do? Can we also do finals pick at the moment? Because yeah, I'm down. Last month, uh, my dad had a very interesting one. I want to see if he still has that. So okay. sounds good. All right, so I'll I'll pump through quick. Quick first, so M- MVP. Do you just want list names? You kind of want to pump, just pump who, through this, who, or who you think should win it right now? Just one, right, yeah. So MV- MVP, Jokic, um, most improved SGA, fourth Ooh, man. You're giving it to a big name again. I hated that Jaw won it yeah, last they, year. The big name guys win it, dude. Morant it last should be year. SGA, Lowry. It should be Markinen. Mar- yeah, it's between SGA and Markinen for yeah. sure. Um, I'm gonna go SGA just because I think he's so good. And then sixth man will go with Brogdon, but 
could be Norman Powell, could be Maxi, could be, I don't know who else, but I'm going Brogdon for that. And then coach of the year, we'll go with Mike Malone. Oh, yeah. I think the Celts will would be the easy one there, you know, like it's coming out. You know, coming, Joe. If they finish one, I, I I can't see. If we win sixty games, he, I feel like it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think given what he came from and the expectations, you know, story. I it think, does fit the storyline. I think the. Uh, well, okay, that's fair. I guess the way I was looking at it was like we were in the finals last year with, and we or bring back a similar team, obviously adding Brogdon. Um, so like we should be technically even better than last year, whereas the Nuggets were a first round loss. But but I agree, you gotta look at like circumstance, you gotta look at all all yeah. of that as you well. You could look so, at so it as like you losing might the finals, bouncing back like this with all the oh. easy stuff over the summer, all the drama, all of that nonsense. And then this guy comes in out of nowhere, like who's Joe Mazzula? And then he leads us all the way as the one seed. I feel like that's pretty compelling. All right, you guys might have you guys might have flipped me. Um, and then <laughs> finals finals matchup. We're going Celtics Suns right now. That's good. I'm gonna go. We're gonna save Bryce special finals pick for the last for the last. Ooh, I'm gonna go ooh, now. Nice like MVP. That. I'm gonna go. Not gonna go Tatum. No chance. But. I'm actually going to go Embiid. I think he deserves it. I've been big on the whole no way Jokic should be the, the first guy to win three straight since Larry Bird. Like, he's great. He puts up great numbers. But it, I just feel like Embiid's a monster. Embiid's he's actually carrying that team, dude. Yeah, but Embiid's actually unstoppable. Like, you cannot guard Embiid. Like, you just cannot. And I feel like it's so un- underappreciated how good this guy is. And I hate Embiid. I hate the Sixers. And I'm I'm I watch this guy. I'm like, it's it's incredible what he's doing. So I'm going to beat MVP. Uh DPOY. I'm gonna go kind of I feel like it's gotta be JJJ, John Jackson Jr. He's I good. Yeah. That's okay. Um six man of the year. Yeah, Homer pick, Brogdon. I don't think the other guys have as much of a case as Brogdon. I feel like Brogdon's the only one who's done it very consistently all year. Um, and now that... He's also maybe, come off the bench all the time. Some hasn't of those started other guys, a single Maxie game. And, yeah, and Max has started. Start, starting a good Exactly. We'll see what happens with Westbrook. I feel like he was good off the bench for the Lakers in terms of stats. But now he's on the Clippers. Zach Lowe is big on anti-Westbrook for, for a sixth man. He got into that with, yeah, I think, not maybe too, Goldsberry, if you guys are listening to that one. <laughs> I'm not too big on him, but it'll just be interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, coach of the year, yeah, you guys heard me before easily, Joe. And then my finals prediction, um, it's kind of boring to say Celtics Suns. I'm praying yeah, for can... no. Don't copy me here, man. Praying for no Celtics, no Celtics Warriors. Please, no Celtics Warriors. Um, I feel like who knows? This is like kind of random, but I feel like if the Clippers, if like Kawhi and Paul George start to play games. Like maybe they could turn it on because before the season started, that was my pick. And I'd still like to see what this team looks like when Kawhi and Paul George are playing consistently. They have a really good team in terms of on, on the paper on paper. So I feel like that could be interesting. Um, but if if I had to pick right now, I would it would it's gotta be Celtic Suns. All right, Bry. All right, it's me. Um I'm going Giannis for MVP. Um, he just brings it on both so hard every game. He does. I mean, he's just, he's just, you know, he's just unbelievable on both ends. And, and I think he just sets the tone for that team too, like attitude, camaraderie, everything about him. So I think, you know, he, he's gotten kind of the shaft recently, but I think anyone you ask would say he's the best player in the NBA. He'd be the first pick anyone would take. I think, uh, if we were doing a draft tomorrow. So that's that's my MVP. Uh defensive player of the year. I haven't really engaged in it a whole lot. Um, you know, I'd probably, you know, give give uh Brooke Lopez a nod. Uh, you know, he's a he's oh. a great rim protector, and I think he can that's he can one. make a difference. Uh um, I think he's the betting favorite right now. 
Is he? All right. So maybe I'm just going with what the odds makers are saying. Who knows? <laughs> um, do sports most Im- no. mo- yeah. <laughs> most improved. I mean, uh, Halliburton to me is, mm. I, I feel like he's yeah, gotta be most cool. improved. I mean, he's like, I was blown away by his three point shooting too. in this also, I didn't realize he was that great. A three point gross, shooter. but he had oh, 31 on shot, the first round. He was, he was just unreal. So I'd go for him for for most improved and yeah I don't I don't see how there's any contest with for sixth man with Brogdon. I just think he's the yeah. he's the only guy who's kind of consistently coming off the bench. I mean, I think he's good for what's he averaging? He's got to be like 13 14 points a game, something like that. It's like 14 so, 4 4 something. Yeah, so I These mean, other guys are scoring more, but but I agree the the sort of well-rounded. But again, Maxi started for the first 40 games or something he's still so, eligible though he, or he's yeah. going to be eligible which is kind of stupid i but I, you'd almost I, have to consider his stats when he was a sixth man like those games you know and seeing if he's really bringing in those games yeah so and i'm interested you were saying something about like i had an interesting pick for the finals so I'm, you I'm did like, i'm racking my brain you know there's been all these trades now that have like probably thrown everything off um because here's the deal. The reality is it, the path for like a Golden State is so hard, right? I mean, they're, what are they now? Ninth or something? I, you know, so 10th maybe? I mean, they're, they, they've got yeah. a lot of work okay. and we've only got 24 games to go. So you've got to do some, you have, you have to go like 18 and six or, you know, 19 and five, whatever it is for them to really move up and have a legitimate chance. I just don't see them going on the road and t- flicking the switch. So it's definitely not them. I'm not a believer in Dallas at all. Um, Sacramento's yeah, no good. Fuck Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's obviously an anti-Kyrie uh, sentiment. Yeah. Um, Memphis, I am not impressed with Memphis at all. So uh, Too young. I, I, I went to their game on Sunday uh, against the Celtics, and, and they, they should have been able to do a lot more. I know they're without Adams, but – they they don't I don't think they have it offensively to to get the job done. So I think I'm either Phoenix, LA, or Denver. I mean, not that that's a, a novel uh, you know, idea. We go. This all comes down to health with Phoenix. I would agree if they all stay healthy, I just think Durant completely transforms that team. He lets everybody kind of slide down a notch in terms of what they have to do and puts them in kind of better positions. So I think we may have all three of us saying Celtic Suns. Oh. Uh, I don't believe in Denver to make a to make a run all the way through. I just think you know Jokic is is amazing. Uh, I don't know if they have enough around him. Um, you know, having said that, I was at that game when the Celtics played Denver at home, and it was that Denver looked good. I mean, they're they're tough, but so I'm either going Denver or the sons uh sons if they stay healthy but they've got work to do right they're they're in fifth place or something so they got 20 move games up. they to, can't yeah yeah it's yeah. gonna be tough to the road to should be coming back fifth seed. yeah so should come back after the break right i'm interested yeah. to know who i did say matt who who was it yeah man? spill because you're was... gonna say one of those teams that i just knocked down yeah you you, you you rode the high of a, a trade you just for for a little bit, you were super yeah. excited about the uh, Dallas Mavericks back in in your oh, mom's with, living room for with Kyrie. You remember that? It was like right after they made the trade, and really? I think we were watching the Mavs play on that. Oh, TV they did play. Oh, they in, played really well. Yeah, yeah and Kyrie <laughs> was like was going off, <laughs> and you're like, oh, maybe they make the finals <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah but, but again, uh, was that was that a? That'd pre- be a gift for the Celtics. Pre- that was, that was pre-Suns, wasn't it, too? The That was uh, pre-Durant, so that's Durant actually trade, a good point. Because so. I could, yeah, you could see that. Although, I don't know. I haven't, they lost their first two games together, right? I, Kyrie and Luca. I think they're two yeah. games together. With the lost, end of the so. game, uh, clamping yeah. of the Timberwolves. Oh, the, like, pass yeah. back. Neither yeah, of them knew what to do. And uh, Anthony Edwards completely locked them down, which, oh, that yep. made me so happy. Yep. But, yeah, um, absolutely. It's good to see. Um, so I just real quick, I just looked up yeah. the uh, most improved player odds, and there are three kind of high favorites. So Markin and SGA are, are tied in most books for for the favorite by kind of a wide margin, and then a bit lower is Brunson, and then there's a massive gap, and then it's Halliburton and Bridges. So H- Halliburton is like, 
I hate. I don't know how he's low. That actually makes no how sense. How is to me. he low? I hate these big he was names good being last considered year. for this award. I hate it. Is Brunson really that improved? I mean, Brunson was great last year. He was year. good next to Luke. I feel like that's exactly the type of guy that should win this award. Him and Markinen. They like were in like a different situation the year before. They come into like a new situation and are completely like I've transformed into like a different kind of player. I guess they've that moved like, up like leads a, their team a higher option. Goes up like move up a tier. They like lead a team, lead an offense. Like I feel like that is what the award is made for, not for SGA who's been this rising star for years and everyone like even last year people knew he was going to be like a star and he's coming into now becoming a star. It's like we knew this was going to happen. This isn't something that's all of a sudden like blowing our minds. Like Clippers we knew this guy was going to be good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but so yeah, I just hate. I'll like, give I, you more. I'll give you marketing just because he was. I thought he was horrible in Cleveland. Yeah, he so, was like what. He was Weird. whatever. If oh. if it's a good fit, I, I you know whatever the thing is, we'll see if he keeps it going. Danny but Ames, he man. certainly. Yeah, he probably deserves it just because he was kind of very mediocre in the past. Yeah. But after him, it's got to be Halliburton just because, like, he went from, like, a good player. To, I'm, like, I'm good with Halliburton like, because of the trade you know? last year. That's, a, that's, yeah. a, that's That fits yeah. the criteria. You're okay with oh, that? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, also, um, Indy, I saw they have, like, w- without him on the court, they have, like, the worst offense by far or something in the league. Like, it's it's absurd. So he totally transforms them. I mean, they're not g- good with him, but but they're, they're respectable ish. Yeah. yeah, when he was hurt, um, they really struggled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They time. couldn't couldn't score. But yeah, do we want to move on to some uh, some Missoula stuff, Missoula Udoka coaching yeah. stuff? You have? Yeah, I'm down. So pretty much uh, right before the All Star break, um, uh, the Celtics removed the interim tag from Joe Missoula. So officially, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, Sayonara Ime Udoka, he's gone. Um, I don't know. I think this is something we subconsciously knew was going to happen. Honestly, I'm not actually. I take that back. I personally did not know this was going to happen. I thought they could ride out the interim tag till the off season, and even with us being so good, I feel like I still felt like we hadn't completely shut the door on Ime yet. Dude, um, once we were this good, I feel like it had to know. be. I feel like the only way would have been if we were. But so the reason I'm saying this is because I just know how much like Tatum loves Udoka. And as we saw from his comments um, afterwards, where so Tatum, after this news came out, he obviously got some questions about Udoka uh, in the pre all-star break, like media availability. And he called Udoka his probably his favorite coach ever, um, which I thought was really interesting. But also, like, I knew this is part of why I, I still thought Ime might come back was because Tatum really liked him and is the star of your team. And so you kind of want to make him happy for me. And, oh, even more, what surprised me even more, which I guess shouldn't have, but it did. It was weird hearing him say it, was that he's been speaking with him throughout the season and, like, getting advice from him, which I thought was, like, whoa, like, they're really close. But also, like, I guess, like, what did Ime do? It all comes down to that. What did he do? Like, it's just so hard to understand and, like, wrap your head around the whole situation. But clearly, it was bad enough. But I also don't think so because he's going to get hired next summer by a different team. Um, So, like, I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? I know we're really good with Missoula right now. Things look great. But Ime is an excellent coach, and he's going to get hired by a different team. So, you guys worried about that? Maybe him going to another team in the East, I feel like would not be the best thing for the Celtics, obviously. Um, do you guys trust Joe long term? I don't know. What what do you guys what are your thoughts about it? And Tatum's comments also. Yeah, I well, first I'd say I, I thought there was no way in a million years Eme was coming back. So that to me, that was that was done as soon as they, you know, uh whatever suspended him or whatever they did. Um yeah, no way in Boston that they would they would allow him to come back. So I would say I could have seen a scenario where the, they play it out this year and it kind of goes mediocre and like they go for some name guy that, you know, they could get to to lead the team. Um, so I wasn't sure that, you know, Joe would make it. 
I think he deserves so much credit. Um, it, it is obviously the whole situation is one thing, but also it's really hard for an assistant coach to get elevated to the head coach with a group of players because they've known him as an assistant and it's a different relationship with an assistant coach. It's sort of more, you know, kind of friendly, more, you know, uh, supportive, what have you. Um, so for him to elevate and to be able to get the guys to play, um, maybe, you know, maybe a lot of credit goes to the players too. I don't know, but I just think that's one thing that really stands out to me, uh, that he deserves a ton of credit for. I would say that, I had a lot of faith in Ime in the playoffs because he had been there. He had, he had lived it. He had been around it. He wasn't going to be overwhelmed by it. Now, Missoula has been with the team last year, you know, through the playoffs, but I think it's different having been a player in the playoffs and been through those moments and kind of succeeded. Right. And, and in those moments, you know, like Ime did throughout his career, um, and it's a different thing for, for Joe to kind of just have had that year of experience going through it. That's not a lot of experience to draw on as situations come up. So I, but having said that, he's also like so even keel. So like, he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low, which I think is really impressive because Building a, sand castle. Like a little yeah, building the state castle. You can you can tell that story. I don't even understand that story yet. But um, but anyhow, is even keel. Like I don't think he'll get too high about a great win in the playoffs or too low. Like I think he'll just get the guys ready to go the next game. So uh, I'm excited to see how he does. You know, he's he's everything up till now. He he's he's kind of knocked out of the park. So let's see how he does. Kind of when the games you know matter that much. Yeah, bro, that's a good point. Quickly, I wanted to add um, two things. So one, you said him deserving a lot of credit. Something that I think gets overlooked is managing a team with so much talent. Like Brad was not able to do that. And the fact that Joe comes in first year, also this transition from assistant coach, and is able to still do that and have these relationships with the players says a lot. Um, and then the second thing was, you're right. I, I didn't really think about the difference between him and Nudoka, him and Nudoka in terms of playoff experience as players. Um, it's, it's a really good one. And, but what's really great about our team, I feel like is the players like Tatum and Brown, even though they're so young, they've had an immense amount of experience themselves. So I feel like hopefully that will help kind of offset Joe's inexperience a little bit. And maybe Joe will even be able to learn from them. Um, but I think and the smart players, too. I mean, smart, yeah, smart, smart too, been through true. all those years too. Yeah. Very true. And Horford, honestly, he's played in the playoffs a lot. Um, so I feel like the players experience will help with that. A ton of people have said, I know Brogdon said recently, some other, like this is the best locker room they've ever been a part of. Um, so obviously that's great for, for the players, but obviously Joe gets a ton of credit for that as well. And the rest of the coaching staff. So I think Brad um, gets some credit too. Brad, great group of guys in, he's got. You, know, yeah. you, 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 you know, he could have probably gotten a whole bunch of different guys, and you yeah. know, he chose these ones. Eric you know. White, Malcolm yep. Brogdon, Blake Griffin, like these talked about. Yeah, guys that would be good guys know. in the locker room. So something I didn't think about, I read this on Twitter a few days ago, was how Brad's experience rec- recruiting at Butler, like makes it like allowed him and taught him every like his team building skills that he's using now with the Celtics. Um, So I thought that was really interesting, which is what, just like how culture is so important, maybe more so than top end talent. Obviously you need both, but finding talent that's like not obvious, like Derek white. I feel like that was a huge trade. And back, back when that happened last year, there was a lot of people that said it was a bad trade also. Um, So yeah, it's just like being able to evaluate talent and players in general, the way he has is very impressive. Yeah. I know you guys are huge Udoka guys, or not now. You were huge Udoka yeah, guys. Was, for sure. I, I just think huge, the huge thing Udoka. he brought was he helped these guys to grow up. Like he helped them become mentally tough. And it was yeah. ugly for a while. I think they probably hated him the first half of the season. And he was annoying. And it was probably mm-hmm. hard to come to the practice every day with him. Um, but then once they got to the other side and saw the positive of it all, when they bought um, in, when they bought in, eventually, I think I think you saw 
yeah. what that does. Now, I also think that would have worn thin soon, uh, you know, so That's unless Amy had sort of changed his ways a little bit, it's hard to have that, you know. He was calling out players after every. Like, yeah, like to the, yes. to the media, that not behind for a while, but so I was it's gonna... hard to sustain that. I was going to say, like, I like the style of coach, Ime's style of coaching a lot more. Like, I like that tough love, call players out. Like, even in the huddles, he would, like, curse them out and say what needed to be said. He wasn't, he wouldn't sugarcoat anything. And that's, like, the type of coach that I like and that I appreciate. And I think that makes good players great. But your point about wearing them out is very true. And, I don't know how long Jalen, I know this is random, but I'm calling Jalen now specifically. I don't know how long Jalen would have stayed in an environment like that. I think Joe is a better fit for Jalen long-term. I think Joe, like his comments about Jalen after he missed the free throws, I thought I didn't love it, but I thought for Jalen, it was really important. And like, he's like, what would you say to Jalen Brown after missing the two? What'd you tell him? He's like, I love you, Jalen. And like, I respect you. And like, I thought that was great. And I think long-term, if we want Jalen to stay, He's a much better fit for him. So it's like another way, another way of looking at it. Good point. I saw. Do any of you listen to Bill Simmons podcast? On and off. Yeah. He he made a really weird comment in one today about how there's like these new CBA talks that and they're going to determine sort of what like the max slots are. And he made some comment about how the sort of there's one player on a team who gets like a max max. And then the next player would get 25% less than that, which, which was like, which was really weird to me, but he was like, yeah, like don't quote me on this, but like, what if Jalen's like, no way I'm taking less money to be paid the second most here where I can get sort of the, the top, top tier money somewhere else. And I, I just was kind of wondering if you'd, you guys had heard anything on that. Like I, I, I heard it totally caught me by surprise when, when he said that I didn't know that was something that was maybe being looked at by the NBA. And so something I did hear, which happened yesterday after the all-star game, they were asking Jalen about his role in the Celtics and like playing with Jason Tatum. And he, what he very clearly said, like, I could go like, this isn't word for word, but the, the gist of what he was saying was like, you can go and play more, be like the guy on a different team. But like the good thing about playing Boston is like learning your role and like doing what you need to do in order to win games. He's saying like me and Jason's goal has always been just to win games and I'm here to do whatever I need to do to help that regardless of like what I, what the possibilities are elsewhere. So I thought I didn't hear anything about that, like taking less money, et cetera. But those comments from Jalen, I thought were really reassuring and kind of a sign that he's, he like is very accepting of his role and, and he's, I don't know about the money, but I, he's going to get, he's going to make all NBA probably. And he's going to make more than Tatum in his next deal. So, and I'm fine with it. I, I think say, we should pay. I don't think Jalen's a number one on a championship team. I, I just don't he's think not. he makes yeah, the team, the team better. So, you know, if he goes somewhere, I think, you know, if he's Maybe he knows the number one. Yeah. I, I And, and so I, I think he just doesn't make the team dramatically better yeah. he's a he's a gifted athlete well he doesn't elevate others right is that that's kind of right. your that's your main he's yeah. like in the perfect role right now i feel like yeah yeah he's like just so good like tatum like the so much attention on tatum allows jalen to do so much more that when if he's the the guy on a different team if yeah. all the attention's on him i feel like it would take away like i don't know how good he would be at handling doubles double teams right. for example like tatum does yep he, yep. I feel like that would take away a big aspect of his game. So who knows? But while we're on this Jalen topic, extension talk, so rumors flying around the league this summer and at the deadline, kind of about trading, maybe trading Jalen for Durant. Um, <laughs> and I know some people on this podcast, not named Matt, might have a certain opinion about trading Jalen for Durant. So. Bry, what what are your thoughts on that? How would you have felt now, or doing that now as opposed to off season? Is there a difference? Like, do you have the same feeling about it? Um, what plays into your decision, etc.? 
Yeah, I, I would have done it in the summer, but when they talked about adding smart to it, absolutely no way. So that that I would have done. And it's just for the reason I just said is that Jalen will get his, you know, 25 points. Um, but I don't know if he does enough of the other things. And I just thought Durant is just a next level offensive player. And if you put him next to Tatum, like, holy smokes, I that's just insane offense. And you, you, you would allow like my favorite guy that you guys have heard about. Now you could start Marcus, you could start uh, Derek White at the two, you could start Tatum at the three, Durant at the four, and yeah, then whatever, Orford, Rob, whatever you want to do. And, you know, Durant can play D, he can contest at the rim. Um, so I would have done it then. I would have probably done it even more so now um, because I've just kind of watched and yeah no i would have done it uh straight up for him i mean i guess i'd have to check the medicals and 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 feel really confident that he's coming back uh and he was going to be okay um i don't know like uh, you're, you're pretty confident you give that that jalen's going to resign I, I just don't yeah. know and i think you got to go all in when you have chances in the league because things turn over quickly and and you're kind of out of the mix quickly i that's true. That's the state of the NBA. And I agree with that point, but there's been like no indication that Jalen will leave. I feel like, and you have Durant and I talked about this with the Phoenix trade, how like it's great on paper, but you have no idea what you're getting from Durant on a yearly basis in terms of injuries. He's been getting hurt every year since his Achilles injury. He's great when he plays, but when is he going to play? And it just closes your window dramatically if you trade Jalen for him like you're looking at like I mean this is an ideal world but very feasible like decade-long window now for the Celtics if we have Tatum and Brown together and with Durant you have like maybe two three if you're being generous three or four years but but you guys it increases our chances a ton over those next three four years but does it? Because Jalen is, we were just saying, he's an incredible fit on this team where the one seed with Jalen right now, like how much, okay. I'll, I don't I'll think Durant probably, guarantees us in the It finals. makes us better, but is that difference between us, how us being great with Jalen and us being even greater with Durant worth the sacrifice down the line and the question mark of what you're getting on a yearly basis from Durant? Like how much he's playing. Cause you saw he was great for the Nets, but the second he I know we would have Tatum and stuff for sure, but we're obviously not as good of a team with only Tatum. So obviously we would we wouldn't maintain that top of the league number one seed while Durant is hurt, right? And so I don't know. It's just like something to consider. And I I I I'm just worried about long like I'm worried about longevity and his health and his age. And I think there's no indication of Jalen leaving and the front office would know best. And I think if the front office thought he was leaving, they would have probably made a deal. So that even more makes me confident that he's not leaving. So, yeah. I just, I, I go back to when we said, who who do we all think's coming out of the Western conference? Who did we all say? Sons. The Suns. So clearly there's only one reason we chose the Suns. We weren't choosing the Suns. Uh, before the trade, so but it's also because they think... have Booker, CB3, and Aiton. Like, if they didn't have those three guys, yeah, but they gave up a great young player. I don't know. In, in hey, you Bridges. love Bridges, you so, guys. You're I do the love Bridges, Bridges he's sick, yeah. And they have no bench now, although they signed Terrence Ross, which I think is a great addition. But like, say they traded Aiton or CB3 in the deal as well, one of them even. Yeah. I it would be more of I would be it would be really hard for me to choose between them and Denver. But I think that right. one guy makes a huge difference for them. Yeah. And that's why yeah, they didn't have to give up. That's the thing is they yeah, didn't have yeah. to give up smart. Like we were going to have to supposedly in the off yeah. season. So, yeah. Um, but you're right. Cause you, you do that trade and you trade all these picks as well. That's the yeah. other thing. So and don't you, forget, you're basically Jalen would be in your division in the East. And then they're all of a sudden one star away from contending with you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Another thing to consider, which is yeah, not good. Well, we're gonna have to circle back to this in a few years about if Jalen left or not. Who was right? After we win like five rings, we'll (laughs) okay. We'll see. see. I'll come back on this pod and I'll say I was wrong. We should never have (laughs) 
consider changing Jalen. Okay. I'm down for that. I'll come back and say five more years. <laughs> I'll say I was wrong too if we don't if if it doesn't okay. pay. There you go. These are so nice, so nice to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what about you? You didn't say your your thoughts. I'm, I mean, I think you guys both know I'm I'm in the middle of of you two. Obviously, <laughs> there's any indication Jalen might leave. You do it in a heartbeat. I'm also way higher on Kevin Durant than you, Egev. Um, yeah, I think he's I'm pretty. I know he gets he gets hurt. He has injury concerns. I think he's the best player in the league when he's healthy Whoa. right now. Like he's that's unbelievably good, unbelievably good. Um, I think he's better than Giannis. Sorry, Brian. Better than Luca. Sorry, you go. Um, he, he he's he he's amazing, and him and Tatum would would be unstoppable, unstoppable. <laughs> but you're right; it does limit it to like a three or four year run. Whereas Poor with Jalen, if he stays ten. Plus, ten or I think yeah, you exactly. guys are you're fooling but that's yourself. That's if he stays, as you say. Yeah, it, what? Yeah, but if things stays, happen. Yeah. Things happen. He so, might want to be right. top dog. He might. Ex- so, it's tough. He's from Atlanta. ideal world though. For with Brown, it's ten years. Ideal, ideal world with Durant, it's like three or four. Still, we're talking ideal. True. Same conditions for both. Yep. No, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, again, if you go back, would Toronto do the trade again for Kawhi? Yeah, they would because they obviously want to they would. Yeah, yeah. So would. it's that's the thing is like, are we going to be the team that gets close? You know, we made the what did we make the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, multiple times under Brad, and then now we've made the you know the NBA Finals. Are we going to be that team that gets close and doesn't get over the hump? Uh, that's this year only- could this. Do you think this year would decide it if we don't win it this year? Like, do you give it, do you run it, how it plays? Do you run it back one more year before you really blow it up after this year? Right, keep running it back, right? If as long as you keep keep running it back, same, no, like, same again. Yeah, you don't trade smart. The games go though. Like, what, what, what is our problem? Like, do we, do we just shoot bad, you know, or is it like we have a clear flaw that cannot be overcome? I think it'd, be we shoot bad or we don't have home court or someone yeah. gets hurt is probably what would keep us out of the finals this year. Yeah, I mean last year was like our depth. It was our bench that just played. I mean obviously Tatum didn't play well. Would have made a big difference, but our bench still was garbage. And now we kind of filled that hole. So Thank we'll see you. how so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um but yeah. Anything else to add guys? <clears throat> is there a team in the East you guys are most worried about facing in the playoffs? Matt knows my answer, or or least least afraid to fit. You know, a, a yeah, an important team that you're not afraid of. Sixers, Sixers. Yeah, yeah said that quick. So I just want to, I'll shout out Robbie Hoden right here. He he uh, worked for he he does stuff for Celtics blog, and they talked about who they're most scared about um, in in the East, and he said Billy. And I was absolutely shocked. He was the only panelist who said Philly. Everyone else said Milwaukee and then maybe Cleveland. And he said Philly. So Come on, uh, former former teammate of mine, former player for, for Bri. Right. Um, Robbie, I, I don't, don't agree with your take, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who is yours? Who is yours then, Matt? Who are you most I mean, my... Of? Most for them? I'm not going to say, like, beside the Bucks, it has to be the Bucks, I think, at this point. But beside the Bucks, I will go with Cleveland, probably. I think their backcourt is so, so good, so calm. Like, Mitchell and Garland is is really, really good. How and good would they be in the playoffs, defense. though? Yeah, people keep saying, oh, they're not ready. Oh, they're too young. But, like, Dunnett and Mitchell has has done a lot in the playoffs he's had like 60 point or 50 point games um he's i know the the jazz haven't done super well in the playoffs but like his next best player is rudy gobert like he he totally carried them and and had success and then the uh the Cavs got a little taste last year in the play-in against the nets obviously that's different um but but i i think they they are ready to do some damage um and then a, a, a sleeper sort of lower team who I don't love, who I wouldn't love to play against in the in the first round, let's say, would be the uh, the New York Knicks. I think Brun- Brunson's really good. Um, like he, he make he really calms them. He, he he was a huge ad for them. 
Randall, I don't like as a player, but he can sometimes hit kind of ridiculous shots and, and almost take over. So rather avoid the Knicks early, but those are mine. Yeah. Um, so I said that I'm least afraid of the Sixers, um, but most afraid other than the Bucks. Yeah, it should be like a condition thing other than the Bucks. Um, it's for me, it's the heat. <laughs> like, I'm so scared of the heat. Dude, Especially you said like Embiid the- was unguardable, though. You still not scared of Philly with that? Yeah, I, he's unguardable other than the Celtics. The Celtics can guard him pretty well. I feel like <laughs> oh, that's every game. And even if he does score like his 30-whatever points, like the whole thing with the Sixers is not – like you're not stopping Embiid. That's kind of the thing. You're not stopping him. But if you stop everyone else, like it's not an issue really. Um, so, yeah – the team I'm most scared of is the Heat, other than, other than the Bucks. If we see the Heat in the first round, that's just like a nightmare. I feel like you want the first round to be a five. Yeah, that'd be a six, physical, two you physical want like a series. Four or five game series, ease into the playoffs. Don't like not a lot of minutes on Tatum and Brown. Something like that you can confidently go in, get confident, build up like the mentality for the next round because that's when you're playing one of the top dogs. But if we see the Heat, oh my God, I I don't know if we're gonna win. I'm being he serious. Has two good players, dude. I know. Yeah, I'm not but every about the heat every year you say that, and then they give us trouble. Jimmy's just play. getting older, man. I I I know, but Jimmy's a different player in the playoffs. It's not Jimmy Butler in the regular season. It's completely I, different. He's like LeBron James in the playoffs. Like I don't know how he I missed agree. that, that three point shot face... against us. Like that was. I'm right. shocked he missed it. I don't know how. But you don't want to face know. them in the first round. I would yeah. agree because you want something a little easier. You want Brooklyn. You want yeah. Atlanta. You want Washington. Somebody like that. I would that. love Those Brooklyn. Would be I think they're great. Matt, I'm surprised you said the Knicks. Uh, I yeah, agree just about as Brunson. A, Brunson's, a first good. Round. Brunson's good, man. He scores like he's. Yeah, but you don't think our like, guards can guard him? Like all our guards? Brogdon, White, I mean, Smart. Like I feel like when we're fully healthy. I don't know. How we lost I mean, to them when we lost. To I'd them say like yes, but yeah, ago. he had thirty plus. He had like thirty-four against us on insane shooting. Did Smart yeah, play that game? It. Let's see. I don't know if Smart played. So I will no, say White, I was looking. White and Brogdon. Looking... Smart did not play. Yeah. Oh, he didn't. Okay. Yeah. I was looking though at the the remaining schedule. There's, I think Celtics played twenty-four games. I think the next uh, seven will kind of dictate how it all shakes out because they play uh, on the road at Indiana. Then they play at Philly. Yeah. They play at the Knicks. They play versus Cleveland. They play versus Brooklyn. They play versus the Knicks. And then they play at Cleveland again. So yeah. I feel like oh, man. that's a that's a brutal stretch. Um, if we come out of that, you know, 500 or a little above, then I feel like we're going to be in pretty good shape to, to close it out. I mean, I think I don't see a big way that we drop out of one or two. Um, you know, Philly would have to, Philly supposedly has the toughest schedule the rest of the way. So um, I think Philly won't quite be able to make it. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty confident we can hold on to one or two. Um, that's going to be I, a big deal though. I'd also like to call out the Bucks. Their win streaks, a little Mickey Mouse. This is the teams they played. This is their wins. The 12 and 37 Pistons. The Nuggets with no Jokic or Murray. They played the Pacers healthy. Okay. But not obviously not that great of a team. Pelicans with no Zion, Brandon Ingram, or McCollum. The 15 and 37 Hornets. Only good win, in my opinion. Actually, two good wins. The Clippers at full strength. They won by one. The Heat at full strength. Another good win. Then they played the Blazers, then the Lakers with no LeBron, the Clippers with no Kawhi, and then the Celtics down four starters, and they barely beat us. That's some good that's, research there. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty well good, right? You, Gav. you came up with that. Stuff. So that's, you're I've right, been keeping track dude. of this for a while. So that this that win streak is why they're like tied with us in the loss column right now, uh, one half a game back of the one seed. But I'd like to see. I have a feeling things will regress to the mean a little bit, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, so yeah. yeah. Um, all right, boys. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else to add? Nothing. Okay. Cool. Nothing. Thanks for joining us. 
Yeah, bro. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for thanks for having me. This was a good time. Good. I'm glad. You, you yeah, have let's some to, let's yeah. let's hope I'll, I'll have to spread the word to some of my my friends. So we'll get our uh, our our listens up a little bit, right? Oh yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be let's great. Go. Thank, Thank you. Guys. All right, guys. Have a good one.